Welcome to the Locking Castle podcast. This Sunday morning's teaching was given as part of the wonderful series. The people walking in darkness has seen a great light. On those living on the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For as in the day of Median's defeat you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across the shoulders, the rod of their impressors, every warrior's boot uh, used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For us today a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on its shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and the peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over all of his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. Are we done? It's Christmas! Woo! So the kids are out, so I thought I'd get some chocolate because chocolate's not just for kids. I'm going to go see if I can get in the back. Oh, almost. One more go. There we are. A few more. Few more. One over there. Oh, really bad. There you are. There we are. Some chocolate for Christmas. Right, okay. So we've got the chocolate done. Presents. Cat, have we got presents sorted? I think we've got them all. We've wrapped them all. Oh, have we got that other one? Oh, no. Okay, that right, right. Presents done. Okay, right. What to watch? Okay, Radio Times, Radio Times, Christmas Day, 28th of December, 27th. There we are, Christmas Eve. Okay, Christmas Day, King's Speech at 3 o'clock. Yep, yeah, we'll, we'll have food finished for then. Toy Story 4, probably the best Toy Story of the lot. Yeah, Toy Story 4, we're going to have to watch that one. Strictly Condancing, yeah. We have to have a bit of Strictly at Christmas. Doctor Who, I'm really excited about the new Doctor Who. That's really good. Michael McIntyre's Christmas Wheel. I think we might Skype or Zoom family um, then. Ghosts. Ghosts, yeah. So last ever ghost. Really good. If you've never seen it, you've got 24 hours to watch four series um, before the last one. Call the Midwife, always good watching at Christmas. Call the Midwife, EastEnders. I think we might have some Christmas pudding. Sorry, Bill. Uh, EastEnders might not be on. Um, okay, so I think that's, we basically just keep it on, on BBC One all day. Right, okay, so that's the viewing done. Food, oh, food, right, okay. Good Food magazine. Let's see what they're saying this year 
Okay, right, what have we got? Right, the ham. The ham needs to go on for three hours, 43 minutes. That's gonna be two hours in some Coca-Cola, then I'm gonna get it out, take the skin off, then I need to score it in diamond shapes, and then I need to uh, glaze it. Then in the oven, oh, not too hot, because if it's too hot, then it's gonna burn, and if it burns, it tastes really bitter, and you don't want a bitter ham. Right, okay, so that's that done, okay. Uh, sprouts. Right, what does Jamie Oliver say this year about sprouts? Do we, do we cross them? Do we not cross them? Are we roasting them? Are we boiling them? Are we air frying them? No. Air fryer. Oh, oh, cat, do we need an air fryer? Everyone's talking about air fryers. It's just like, is that the thing now? Uh, apparently, actually, I said this at uh, this morning service, someone did try sprouts in an air fryer, and the advice was, don't bother. <laughs> Okay, right, okay, so that's that, right. Okay, we're at Sainsbury's on Saturday. Oh, no hazelnuts. I was gonna make a hazelnut cake for Boxing Day. Oh, I can't do that now, we haven't got hazelnuts. And what? No sage. And I was gonna make my own stuffing. Am I gonna make stuffing without sage? Oh, Christmas, Christmas is ruined. I actually heard somebody in Sainsbury's say that um, on Friday. Now, we need to stop. Right, is this what Christmas is really about? The perfect daydreamed, dreamed up for months before. A non-stop conveyor belt of Christmas traditions. Helpful advice from celebrity chefs about making Christmas special. Now I've often struggled with Christmas. I love Christmas so much. Lots of things. Uh, have, that I've just said, I've actually thought, probably not as exaggerated as I may have just done that, um, but it has things that have gone through my head, so my head through the last couple of months. I think and I dream in pictures all the way through the year, so I have a perfect idea of how things should be. The reality, however, is often less than perfect. I'm a great artist until I get the pencils out. I'm a great singer until I open my mouth. And if you've ever stood next to me in church, you will know I'm not a great singer. But in my head, I'm amazing. I'm a great writer until I try and write. I've been writing a book now for six years. It's perfect in my head. I get the computer out and I start writing it and I read it back and it's less. Christmas uh, is no different. As a kid, my parents were not churchgoers. So it was all about family for me. And for me, personally, it was all about the presence. My heart would be eager of expectation about what is under the tree and often felt disappointed as the presence dwindled and I was getting less and less. So not quite satisfying that build-up of Christmas that had been in my head since September. As an adult, this has uh, gone over to trying to work out the perfect gift uh, for friends and family and making the best Christmas Day meal that I can dream up. Three months of planning the Christmas meal tomorrow has been in my head and it will be over within an hour. Was all of that prep worth it? 
it is a great um, pressure on people to make Christmas special. For kids, for others, and for yourself. Uh, this, in some families, can lead to frustrations, arguments, falling out over Christmas. Which means it can quite easily not be that peaceful. So let's have a look at today's passage, the Magi visiting Messiah. So they're coming uh, to uh, Bethlehem, the time of Herod's, and we've heard of the nativity story as it's um, these last couple of weeks. They're coming to see the, uh, the born king of the Jews, and they saw the star and followed it. They visited Herod on the way, and Herod, quite jealous of this newborn king, wanted a piece for it himself. Calling the Magi secretly, finding the exact time the star had appeared so he might be able to intervene. The Magi then coming to the house and bowing down and worshipping Jesus opening their treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So this morning, we're going to look at the Prince of Peace and how the Magi fits this. Now, if I was Mary, I would have expected a perfect Christmas, not a stable, not running for our lives from a jealous Herod, Surely, if God has such big plans for this Jesus, our Messiah, surely he would have brought him into royalty, uh, having everything he needed. But no, God had other plans. He had perfection come in the form of Jesus into our imperfect world. The focus was not around the pomp and ceremony, but on Jesus. And if that is our focus, it doesn't matter if the dinner or the presents are not perfect, if we end up with time in the stuffing rather than sage. Let our worship and our offerings to Jesus be our focus. So as I say, we're nearing the end of our nativity story. We've had the visitation of angels, we've had the confusion of Joseph and Mary about a virgin birth, they've visited family, they've got the busyness of getting Bethlehem, finding somewhere to sleep, and a simple matter of the birth in a stable with no doctors or epidurals. And a bunch of shepherds turn up, just out of the blue, to worship. Now we've got the wise men coming to the east to worship this little baby. Now, a couple of things from that passage quite stands out. First, they turned up to a house. They didn't turn up to a stable. And this reminds us that of the fact that uh, the Magi didn't visit on the day of Jesus' birth, which is going to be important in a moment. They were not Jewish. They called him the king of the Jews. And I did a bit of a search, and I could only find one other person in the Bible that called him the king of the Jews, and that was Pilate, a Gentile himself. They then came, because, even though they were not Jewish, to worship 
the newborn king. And they traveled far after studying the scriptures uh, of Isaiah, meaning that they weren't there for the birth. Now that is planning for Christmas early. And they also brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I always do a science corner in my sermons, so the science corner is bedings, there's the science of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, you can take it down now, I don't want people to read it. Uh, search it on Google, you can see that it's all about the funky chemicals of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, if you fancy it later. But the gold, frankincense, and myrrh were symbols of who Jesus was and who Jesus was to become. The gold, the gift of gold speaks of Jesus' kingship. He is our king of kings and lord of lords, the most high God and sovereign over all. The frankincense shows his divinity. It was connected to priesthood and sacrificial system of the Old Testament. It was added to the grain offering in Leviticus. It was uh, a special incense um, that was used in the temple in Exodus. Uh, and it was also added to the 12 loads of shorebread as a memorial to the Lord also in Leviticus. The gift of frankincense, therefore, speaks of Jesus as our high priest, the one true mediator between God and men. And then myrrh, a fragrant spice, a bitter gum, costly perfume, used as an embalming oil in tombs. Now the gold and frankincense shows the divine royalty and priesthood, uh, prince and king of his people, first to the Jewish nation, but as the Magi came, showing that to then the Gentiles would be justified by faith. And I'll leave that one until February when I'm up here again speaking on Romans. Just a little bit of a thing there. Gentiles justified by their faith. The myrrh, the myrrh speaks of Jesus' death, foretelling that he would become the perfect atoning sacrifice offered for the sins of the world. The gifts the Magi gave are much better than I could dream up of the symbols of the type of promise Jesus was going to fulfill. Through these gifts, Magi offered the symbols of Jesus being wonderful. A wonderful counselor through the uh, frankincense, being the high priest, the Magi um, giving those about Jesus being the mediator with God. Mighty gods, the gold showing his kingship. Everlasting Father, that mediatory relationship uh, shown of that high priest with the frankincense. And now today, the Prince of Peace, bringing the peace to earth on his death and resurrection on the cross. Now, another thing I like to do in my sermons is I like to sing. But as you heard before, I can't sing. Uh, so I'm not going to sing because a few people complained last time. Um, but 
as I was preparing this sermon, there was a, um, a part came up. Hail the heavenly prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Hark the herald angels sing. Um, talks about peace on earth, about reconciliation, about newborn kings, about the prince of peace being the son of righteousness. Now, I found this on online, the words to this, and I was reading it. And if you look closely at some versions of the son of righteousness, it spells it out as S-U-N, not S-O-N. It's wonderful when you get one word and it's like, right, that's a sermon series right there. There you are, Andy. Uh, In two years' time, we can possibly do that. But that um, we've looked at, and it's Malachi 4 that talks about the Messiah is going to raise like the sun. So the rising of righteousness, that sun of righteousness, healing um, in his wings as he rises, so that no man, so born that man no more may die. Jesus came to bring peace on earth. As the Isaiah passage says, as I read at the beginning, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. Which is echoed um, before in Isaiah 2, talking about the swords will be, uh, uh, they will beat their swords into plowshares. Their spears will be pruning hooks. Nation will not take up the swords against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. That's Isaiah 2.4. So Christmas is a time for a call to peace on earth. And there is the story about World War I that always reminds me around about this time. Uh, And if you don't uh, know it, um, trenches... In World War I, we had the English on one side, we had the Germans on the other. And on Christmas morning, white flags came up from both sides and they put down their weapons and they played football in no man's land. Peace on earth at Christmas. Now, there's going to be a day where war is a thing of the past. Jesus dying on the cross foreshowed the gift or showed by the gift of myrrh and his um, concerned his death. But what does that mean for us today with Jesus being the Prince of Peace? So as I said, calling the end of war. But also, where do we need peace in our lives? Especially over this next 24, 36 hours. Now, all of this stuff, the good food, the radio times, the time with family, all really special things to be having um, at Christmas. But do we give some time for Jesus as well? So this is, for me, not worrying about the preparations of the day, enjoying them remembering Jesus through the the time where I will be cooking the ham for four hours and 26 minutes, 40, 
however long I said it was to be. I've written it down somewhere. Enjoying the time with friends, enjoying the time with family. But what we need to do is we need to stop. We need to stop and give some time now to find that peace, that really cheesy line, the reason, finding the reason for the season. So I'm going to end now, but we're going to move into some quiet reflection. Now we've had our box um, for the last four weeks, that's here in front of me, uh, and we've got the white side up at the top, which is the Prince of Peace. And what I want us to do in this time of reflection is thinking about where do we need peace? Where do we need peace for ourselves? Where do we need peace for our family? Where do we need peace in our community? And where do we need peace in our world? So I'm just going to pray, and then a quiet time where you can come and then write um, your reflections up on the box. Lord God, we thank you for this time of Christmas, a time of celebration, a time to get together with friends and family, but more importantly, a time to look to you, to celebrate your birth, to celebrate your life and your death and your resurrection and remember all, thi all the things that that entails. That means that we can have life and life in all its fullness. We pray for, um, for today and for the weeks uh, coming for peace on earth, whether or not that is peace and the cessation of wars, peace in our community, neighbours getting on, peace in families or peace just within our own hearts. And give that to you now. Amen. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.